Today's episode of Down with Joe DeRosa is being brought to you by Jimmy Pardo, owner of the Spiders. Oh, I fucked it up. Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one guest, one hour. Plugs. Uh, let's get them out of the way. I will be in San Francisco at the Punchline in February. Uh, actual dates, exact dates, whatever you want to call them, are coming soon. So uh, come out to those shows. That'll be fun. Uh, as always, you can get any info you need at JoeDeRosaComedy.com. And I'll also be doing some shows uh, opening for my, my pal Pete Holmes at the... Uh, um, Irvine Improv at the end of January. So come out for those shows. That'll be fun. Anyway, here we go. What are we talking about today? Today's topic is simplicity. Oh, the simple life. People, so many of us want it, yet so many of us never achieve it. Why? Because we're always too busy working or worrying or rummaging or negotiating or planning or digging or going or crying or whatever. So why do we do this to ourselves? Well, I happen to think it's just something wrong with our mentality. We see everybody around us doing the things that we're not doing, so then we think we need to do those things too. After all, who wants to be left out of the group? When you're left out of the group, you're not in the pack. And when you're not in the pack, you're the house they come to with the torches when the shit goes down. And trust me when I tell you, torches are always bad. So we keep up with the pack. And so often, our keeping up with the pack means trying to constantly outdo one another. I have a bigger house, I have a nicer car, I have a better job, I have a hotter wife, etc., etc., etc. It's one big competition. And don't get me wrong, competition can be a terrific thing. After all, it's what got us out of the goddamn woods to begin with. But when it comes at the expense of our basic happiness, that's when I say it's no good. In other words, and I hate to use a cliche here, but don't stop to forget... But don't forget to stop, is the way you actually say it, Jimmy. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses. And just don't smell them. Oh, man, I fucked this paragraph all up. <laughs> you're a little troll. I think, I think you're uncomfortable with the cliche. With the cliche. I didn't want to use it. You didn't want to use it, but you felt it was appropriate. Then you got in your head about it. Right. Uh, but I used it anyway. Mm -hmm. So let's do it again. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses, people. But... Just don't smell them for so long that you're late for work and then you get fired and then you make excuses for your laziness by saying things like, hey, man, I'm just a guy that cares about smelling the roses. I'm not into that corporate money shit, man. Balance is key. Balance is the main ingredient needed to achieve simplicity. What's the problem with balance? It's really fucking complicated. Simplicity is complicated. In other words, you're screwed. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But we're talking about this today because my guest is a big fan of simplicity. In fact, we're talking about this very topic because when I asked him what he wanted to talk about, he replied, I'm just a simple man. I don't want to talk about anything. So here we are, and here he is. He's the host of his own podcast, which is immensely popular. It's called Never Not Funny. Check it out if you haven't yet, but I'm sure that you have. And uh, if you have ever been to a taping of the Conan O'Brien show, you've seen him warm up the crowd. He also does a backstage celebrity interview web series for that show called The Pardo Patrol. But if you'd like to experience him in a more accessible environment, you can see him performing at any comedy club across the country as he is one of the busiest and funniest working stand-up comedians today, Jimmy Pardo. Joe, that was a nice uh, uh, introduction. Thank you. Did you enjoy that? I did. I, uh, 
I don't know how that was all about me, uh, <laughs> specifically, with uh, the balance. I've never had a, an MC at a comedy club use that intro. Well, you what know. if he did though? What if a, what if a guy went up on stage and said, "Folks, please welcome your your headliner tonight is a simple man." Let's take time for balance and and when it, and then went into the credits like he just goes into this crazy. I think that would be wonderful. I think uh, MC should be putting more effort into their intros. Well, I, like I think they should be putting more effort into uh, hosting in general and not just about uh, getting to their material. Well, as so, an MC, so you're a guy that likes a little more crowd work at the top. No, of the that's show. not what I say. That's not that's what I not said. What Joe. Say. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, what are you saying? Jimmy? I'm saying I at least want them to acknowledge that their position is uh, MC and not just guy uh, first comedian. Fair enough. Because every now and then, now please welcome your host and MC. You know, uh, Johnny Comedy. And then they would take the stage, and then you just go, work today was rough. I hate when Johnny Comedy is on the shows. Well, first of all, I used him as a, for that example. I don't want him there in general, just on principle. I really hate when I show up at a club and they tell me Johnny Comedy is hosting. I am not happy. Do you think, and I'm serious, do you ever think about just turning around, getting in your car, and taking off? Because I have. Uh, from a like, you get there and you. You're if Johnny, with, if Johnny Comedy's on the bill, I I think about doing that even when he's not on the bill. <laughs> I think about doing that when everything is perfect. I still think, man, eh, maybe we shouldn't do this. Let me guess. These people seem like they're in a good mood. Why? Why do we need to? Why do muck this? it up? <laughs> do you ever? And and this and, and anything I think anything we speak on is going to fall under this category of simple in, in one way or another. Sure. Uh, and by the way, I don't know if I said, I, 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 just so that we're clear as to why I said I'm a simple man, I don't want to talk about anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm not smart enough to talk politics. I'm not smart enough to talk psychology. I'm not smart enough to talk about anything. If you want to sit around and talk about CDs, I can talk about that for six hours. Sure. If you sure. want to talk about uh, garage sales. Sure. I'm your guy. Yeah. My point is I'm not deep. Well, but, but, but see, to me, there is a sort of, uh, you know, a sort of zen... Buddhist, you know, thing thing to that to that type of personality. There is a sort of like I need nothing, I know nothing, I know me, I know the universe, I connect, and 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 it's about this moment and not about the big picture, and it's kind of deep in its own way. Well, I don't I don't know who you're describing. You, it's, it's not. No, I don't need anything. You, well, I I buy things like. Uh, I was going to say like they're going out of style, and I was so uncomfortable after the roses debacle, <laughs> after that cliche debacle. I I didn't want to say I didn't want to throw another one on there. Uh, the off chance that you would, in your East Coast way, bust my balls. I wouldn't have busted your balls. Um, I have. I'm like you. I buy a gazillion CDs. I have vinyl. I have. Uh, I have a uh, a Les Paul copy. Uh, what do Guitar. they call those? Do they, what do they call? Knockoff. Yeah, it's not knockoff. Bootleg. No, no, it's not a Gibson. It's a you know an SG. Les, oh, an SG. Les Paul. Yeah, sure. Uh, Whatever I, it is, I, I don't know anything either. I don't know why you're looking at me like I have. Well, you've got a lot of instruments around the home. I've got well, I've got a guitar that's called the Terminator uh, uh, that you put a battery into and it has a built-in speaker. Okay, that's a child's toy. It you is a child. I got it when I was a kid, but I kept it because it looks so cool to me. I'm like, if I could ever figure out how to play a show and play that guitar and pull it off, it would be pretty cool. I think. And by the way, that guitar is by Symphonics. Uh, Synthonics. Do you know who? Simsonics. 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 <laughs> yes. I'm yeah. A tough time with my mouth today. <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, yeah, I got the Gibson. Uh, the but, Gibson's but beautiful. You, thank you. That's an actually, to be honest with you, that is a low-end Gibson guitar. That is not an expensive guitar. That is like the entry level. That's not a $1,200? No. 
No. That's an entry-level. That is an entry-level. So you're simple. That's a simple guitar. That's a simple guitar, I'm, sorry, I'm trying Jimmy, to keep it on top. Because I'm a simple man. But you notice how the body isn't lacquered? It's not like the lacquered That's wood? That's what I like about That's it. That's what I like about it, too. But they'll knock off. You're saving yourself hundreds of dollars when you do that. Where did you get it? At a guitar center or something. Just at a guitar center. Yeah, they had a sale. See, I got, I bought mine online, uh, and I think it's SG. Uh, no, Guitar Research, something like that. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the brand. SRG, maybe? Right. And uh, SGR, probably, with Guitar Research going in that order. Sure. And apparently they're a high-end brand, but I, I too, bought the low-end. It's a white Les Paul that, uh, and by the way, this all goes back to me. You describe me as a guy that doesn't need things. Right. I need a guitar. I can't play the guitar. <laughs> It stays in a closet on a on a on a, uh, a stand. Yeah, it's it's ready to go at any time it wants. Me. Right, right. Not once. Right. Two years ago, two Christmases ago, two thousand twelve. Uh, my wife for Christmas got me guitar lessons at McCabe's. Okay. I still have the gift card. <laughs> so my, my I, so I'm not a guy that I need everything. What's McCabe's? Oh, McCabe's is like, like a barbecue place. First of all, they got the d- delicious ribs up front. <laughs> You go out there, they get the beans. I don't care for their potatoes. Uh, what is it? McCabe's is the greatest. If you were a guitar guy, and it sounds like you are. You bought this for $99. It sounds like you were a guy. You, uh, McCabe's is the greatest guitar store in the world. And it's in L.A.? Uh, it's in uh, West L.A. on Pico, and they have a back room where there's concerts. Oh, that's and, cool. And uh, you can go see singer-songwriters. Like, for instance, this past week I saw Mid-Year, the uh, lead singer of Ultravox. Okay. Was there on a small club tour. Now, now Ultravox, I'm unfamiliar with their work. I'm a big music guy, but I don't know anything by Ultravox. Uh, Reap the Wild Wind, Dancing with Tears in My Eyes, Lament, Him. What, what, what period, what time period are we talking 80s, about? 80s, New Romantic. New Romantic? That, you know, that genre, that kind of, uh, no. you know, a little more, a little less accessible than Duran Duran. Like a Simply Red, maybe. Nope, that's not fair to Ultravox. No? More of a... Um, I'm not knocking them. I love Simply Red. Who else is in that New Romantics kind of a vibe? You know, that, that, that UK... Uh, My Bloody Valentine? That's, that's much later. Uh, Why can't I think of one more? As Ice I, House? Ice House. Okay. Maybe Paul Young before he uh, became kind of the... Maybe a Joe Jackson. A maybe a Joe Jackson. Maybe okay. a Joe Jackson. But I think if people, I'm, I'm, I'm see the, again. This is, by the way, this is a topic I know about, okay. and I can't explain it. Yeah, it's tough. So that eighty stuff gets tough, man. That eighty stuff gets tough because there's a lot of like subgenres in there, and people often clump all eighties together and go, music snobs, uh, uh, you know, will occasionally clump all eighties music together and say it's it was a bad time, it was all bad, and it's like no, no, eighties is like the disco movement. The subcategories of disco, like funk, uh, you know, well, funk was pre-disco, but you know what I mean. Like, there was some great stuff coming out in that disco period. Another one bites the dust, for for instance. That's by the rock and roll outfit called Queen. Of course. But that's one of the best Queen songs ever. And, you know, I think the, I think the, the common person would just sort of clump that into disco. Um, I think uh, they get a bad rap because they're the, they're the poster. They literally are the poster child of disco is the Bee Gees. Bee Gees are great. They're great. They were kind of a funky R&B, not, not funky, not, not, not funkadelic parliament. Right. But, you know, they, they had, you know, you know, some neat rhythms, great voices. But because they put those freaking white suits on like Travolta did in Saturday Night Fever 
and there were posters. Everybody goes, ah, disco, Bee Gees, they suck. Mm. It's a little showmanship. I, look, I'm a huge Rush fan. Rush gets a bad rap from people that don't fully grasp the Rush catalog and haven't delved into the Rush catalog. They see the weird costumes from the 70s. Ah, the kimonos. Yeah, and all they think about is like closer to the heart, and they're like, I hate Rush. And it's like, no, you don't. You just don't know Rush. Why do you know I like Rush. I don't love them. I, uh, my M.O. on Rush is that I buy their CD uh, the day it comes out. This is consistent, by the way, Joe, for 30 years. Okay. I will buy Rush's album the day it I will go to the record store and buy it the day it comes out. Okay. I will listen to it. I will one week later then return it and never listen to it again. <laughs> I'm consistent well, with Rush for I, 30 years that way. I, You know, it's funny. Do you know Karen Kilgariff? Sure. She's a dear friend, and we were talking about music once, and she said, I said, I went to Amoeba last night, and she goes, ooh, did you get anything good? And I go, oh, I made the fucking mistake I always make. And she goes, what? And I go, I got into this mode where I felt like I had to buy a diverse collection of music instead of buying what I wanted to buy. So you end up in that goddamn back room, you know, and you're rifling through the trying to find the most esoteric John Zorn CD, you know, and you end up walking out with something where it's like people grunting into a microphone Mm -hmm. with crash symbols behind it. And I'm like, God damn it. I go, I always buy something like that. And I think I'm going to like it. And then I never do. And she's like, Every time. She's like, every time I do it, I'll never learn the lesson. Why do we? But again, I like Rush. But why? But I'm the same way. Something about, like, I'm almost embarrassed. Like, I, uh, I wanted a Brian Adams album the other day. Which one? Uh, one of, uh, maybe Into the Fire. Okay. Uh, because uh, for Christmas, I got the Reckless 30-year uh, anniversary uh, deluxe edition. Okay. Which is a great album. And I know people will mock me. Brian Adams is a pussy. Right. Yes, he's got some shitty songs. Right. Oh, you're damn right he does. Yeah. Uh, All for one and one for love. Oh, oh, and have you ever loved a woman? Yeah. And uh, there's there's a third one. There's a trifecta of shit. I don't remember. And the only other song I remember by Brian Adams is... Uh, what, actually, what the fuck other song? I was going to say Summer 69. That's Don Henley. No, that's him. Oh, that is Brian That's Brian Adams. Adams. I like that song. It's a good song. That whole album, the Reckless album is good. Uh, oh, one thing the Boys of Summer is Don Henley. That's Boys, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, the Eagle drummer, Don Henley. Yeah. Now, are you an Eagles fan? That's a guy. That's the guy that pretends he knows a lot about music, but he doesn't. You know, it's like, oh, you're talking about the Eagle drummer? <laughs> Great. You saw a video? Yeah, the most obvious. You're right, the most obvious. Slash, you mean, you mean the guy from Guns N' Roses? Oh, oh, yeah, the top-headed wonder from Guns N' Roses? Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. spin it a little bit so it sounds like, uh, oh, the wizard with the top hat? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love Slash. Now, you talking Bon Scott ACDC? <laughs> yeah. <talking> Brian Johnson. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, I, what, wait, uh, what was your question? Do I like the Eagles? I don't. I can't remember if you told me last time we hung. Last time I was on your podcast, and people, we will get to the topic, don't worry. <laughs> We're keeping it simple by not getting heavy. Yeah, because I do have a few like simplicity-centric questions I want to ask you. You do? Oh, yeah, about your personality. I look forward to hearing them. Um, but this all came up, just to read, before you go into what, on my podcast, this came up because you described me as a man that, of, that, of simple needs that doesn't need things, and I wanted to be very clear that I need everything. Okay. Uh, so I you just, are materialistic. Uh, uh, I mean, that's... Yeah. As much as you as I look around your home. Sure. I am, too. I don't say that in a judgy way at all. Uh, I, I love... I can, I can tell you... Well, I can tell you. That sounds arrogant. I, I can theorize on why you keep buying the Rush CD, and I think I might be right. Okay. Because I have the same problem. Not with Rush, because I actually like Rush, but with other things. Okay. 
I will repeatedly go back to the well with a thing that I think I'm supposed to like. And the idea of that thing is exciting to me because it makes me feel more enlightened or inner circle or more intelligent or whatever it is. So there'll be like certain types of music or certain types of films where I'll say, I should purchase that. I, sh- I should be into that. I should be reading more of these types of books. Yes. Because they'll look, but what my brain is really saying is this will look good on your, on your shelf. shelf. Yeah. There's, yeah. Where there's, there are I, at minimum five CDs that I never have exchanged uh, because it's like, I, I, admittedly, and I'm embarrassed to say it, if somebody comes to my home and goes, oh, there's your CDs, they'll go, oh, you got the Warren Zevon. Yeah. I don't listen to Warren Zevon. Yeah, I either. liked it. Yeah. I don't love it, but I have it there. Uh, and that's a bad example. It's a little too uh, known. But you know what I mean? One of those. Sure. Like, oh, you've got. So I can't even think. Pull it right now. But uh, Well, I was that way with Pink Floyd. Oh, but I like him. Uh, listen, I don't dislike Pink Floyd, but I used to have a bit. I used to have a bit about Pink Floyd where I'd go. I where I was talking about drugs and I go, you, you know, you listen to Pink Floyd on. um what was the drug? I guess acid or something. And I was like, and uh, and I go, you're like, this is the greatest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. And then the next day when you're sober, you go to the store and buy it and listen to it. And you're like, this is the most boring fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. And it took me a long time. I like Pink Floyd. I respect them. I think they're great at what they do. I There are a handful of songs I'd like to listen to from time to time. But it took me a long time to just finally admit I don't want to put on a fucking Pink Floyd album right it, now. It's rough to put it on, don't you think? It's 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 two chords, back to back, over and over. It's 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 drawn out. It's too slow for me. I just it's not unless I'm really fucked up and it's dark in the room and maybe there's a girl doing some sort of belly dance or something. You know, like I'm not. Uh, what happens here? <laughs> You don't want to know, Jimmy. Apparently. Or no, it sounds like I want to know more. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like candles lit music. It's yeah. it's like OK Computer by Radiohead. One of the greatest yeah. albums probably ever recorded. I never want to listen to it. Ever. ever. If you took it away from me, I wouldn't care. I have it in my collection. And I'm not shitting on Radiohead. But if you took it from me, I'd be like, take it. I don't give a shit. Right. I'm never going to listen to it. Free up some, uh, free up some shelf space. Yeah. You know? I... I know exactly what you're talking about, but I, what, I, what I will say about Rush is, um, in all due respect, uh, I think you're 100% wrong as to why I buy it. Oh, I'm wrong. I think, in my case, I, with, with Rush, there, again, which is why I brought up like the other things on my shelf, there's no doubt that I do that. For me, I think Rush is I'm trying to capture the excitement that I had for Rush in the 80s. Like oh, in, in late seventies, when I like, when I was, you know, when I really liked Rush. So there was a time when you did love them, and you just keep hanging on, hoping it'll bring yeah. you back. Oh, I thought you were saying since they came out as a band, you've been buying their albums. No, and for returning. Th- no, no, I, I dug them. Oh, okay. and then maybe right around, I don't know, Roll the Bones. Not a fan of that album. I like that song. I hate that song, really, because they rap in it. That is a little uncomfortable, isn't it? And they explain in a deleted scene from the documentary what they were doing. Uh, for, you're talking about, by the way, this is the second time in two days that Beyond the Lighted Stage has come up in a conversation with me on a podcast. Have you seen it? Yeah, of course. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. There's a deleted scene on the DVD where, called Roll the Bones Rap where Getty explains it. And he goes, 
He's he's like, I just thought it was musical satire. It was funny. It was like rushed. To, but it's like, yeah, but I don't want that. It's like when George Lucas thought it was funny to have like ESPN commentary during the pod race scene in episode one. Don't please don't do that. Don't make it funny. Right. Just, just do your thing that we love you to do, please. You know. Uh, but Roll the Bones was a big turnoff for me. What, what if you took out the rap? Don't you think it's a decent song, Roll the Bones? It's okay, man. It's it's still pretty, like... I mean, for me, Rush is, like... The, the best Rush is, you know, like the soundtrack that you'd hear, like, in a Trans Am, like in a 1974 Trans Am or something. You know, like, like it's it, it, it it's that... It's that dirty stoner art rock thing, mm -hmm. or it's that like sort of you know eighties uh, weird synth pop thing, you know. But it all kind of fits in the Trans Am is the point. I hear you. Uh, and uh, and sometimes they mix the two of those very well together. But I don't like you know Counterparts was a good album, but that was like as sort of straightforward as I could get with them and. Even some of the 80s albums that are considered, like, the dark times of Rush, like, I like songs on, like, Power Windows and Hold Your Fire and stuff. I do, too. But to me, like, like their last album to me is one of their best albums ever. Yes, I know. You Rush fans can't stop talking about how great it is. It's great. It sounds I, like... I liked it, too. It sounds like late 70s Rush to me. So you didn't like Signals. I like Signals. Signals is great. I like Moving Pictures. Uh, my favorite Rush album is Permanent Waves. Yeah. Uh... I love Farewell to Kings. I love Caress of Steel. I love um, 2112, obviously. Of course you do. We're the priests. Yeah. Um, I love... And then, like, in the 80s, it starts to become... Like, after Signals... Signals is, like, a pretty solid album. It, and then Grace Under Pressure. Grace Under Pressure has its moments. That Grace Under Pressure is where it starts to be, like, there are songs I like on the album. Mm -hmm. And then... Roll the Bones, I believe, is the only Rush album I don't own. Interesting. Uh, you're a collector, yet you don't complete it. Well, I am a, I am very much an absolutist, or that's completist? the term, completist. Yeah, uh, when it comes to collecting, like I have, and I'll stick with a band, man. I stick. I'm doing a thing in my act right now about Star Wars, and I'm like, my favorite thing about the new Star Wars movie coming out is that I'm going to get to be one of the people that tells all the fans that come running back when it's awesome to fuck off. Huh. I never left. You I didn't like those three, did, I did you? Oh, Joe. I saw episode seven. I mean, excuse me. I saw episode one seven times in the theater. I saw episode two four times in the theater. I saw Revenge of the Sith seven times in the theater. Uh, I hung in there. I saw the Clone Wars movie on opening day and walked out and was immediately accosted by a YouTube TV show or YouTube show that wanted me to shit on it. And I got into an argument with the host of the show. I was offended that they were standing outside the theater trying to get people to shit on the movie. I saw Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull seven times in the theater. I am a fan, dude. I hang in there. And if I don't like it at first, I will watch it or listen to it until I figure out what the redeeming qualities wow. are. It, it is an extreme case when I don't do that. Which is why Roll the Bones stands out for me because that is an extreme case where I'm just like, I've tried and I've tried. I cannot get into it. Can't get into that album. Because it has, to me, that album has no, uh, 
there's no sign of Rush on that album. Every other Rush album, there mm. are signs of traditional Rush. There are signs of what I love about them somewhere in there. You just kind of have to find it, and, and, and you can go, okay, I see what they were doing here. Roll the Bones to me. It's just not there. I don't hear. I hear you. It just doesn't sound like the same band to me. My agent, my booking agent, my personal appearance agent is the biggest Rush fan in the world. And he describes that whole era from, you know, basically from Grace TJ? Under Pressure. TJ Mark Walter. TJ's my guy, too. Oh, is he your guy? Yeah, we talked about We've talked about Rush. What, uh, he, he had the greatest phrase where he said they had the greatest guitarist in the world and forgot they had him for 10 years. Yeah. And it's like, and he's right. Yeah. In that little era. Yeah, well, I love the part in the documentary where Alex Lifeson is talking about competing with the synths. When he goes, I finally put my foot down, and I'm like, why the fuck am I competing with this thing that's not even really an instrument? Mm. Like, this is my band, and now these synths are, like, taking it over. And, you know, the, what was the what was the, the one with the Presto? That was sort of like the comeback, the sort of comeback. And Roller Bones is after Presto. It is. Presto, was that was their first one on Atlantic Records, right? Did they move record labels? I think so. At it's that the point. one that's got the rabbits on the front. Yeah, Presto. Yeah, uh, but it's it's... That, to me, is like the sort of, they start coming back. I love counterparts. Don't like Roll the Bones. Uh, ec, uh, Vapor Trails. Test for Echoes. It's got its moments, but Neil wasn't writing the lyrics. It's, you know. But then Vapor Trails, I felt like, is when they really, like, put their foot. Yeah. They cemented their footing again. Um, Vapor Trails is an awesome, awesome record. And 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 uh, the new one, uh, uh I can't remember the name of it. What's it, what's the new one called? Couldn't pull it for a thousand dollars. It's called something. I bought it. Clockwork Angels. Yeah. Awesome, man. I mean, I can't believe you weren't feeling that one. I didn't. I think you got to give it a few more listens. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> Again, would, it's gone. Would you like to borrow it from me? I can't see coming back here uh, ever <laughs> return it. So I don't think that's a safe. Uh, you basically just give me a gift. <laughs> I love the honesty. Do you like Pantera? No. No? No. Do you want a free Pantera album? No. Because I have two copies of Far Beyond Driven, which, in my opinion, is their best album. Okay. Really? You could have picked any band and said that's my favorite album by that artist. It wouldn't have mattered. Uh, yeah, well, that's my pile. See that pile of stuff there? Not the Sinatra Here? and Lenny Bruce books, but like the thing next to it. Yeah, that's the stuff I'm returning. That's like sell back to Amoeba. Uh, because wow. I have like two copies of it or I'm just not getting too into it. I think you're going to get a solid dollar for those. Well, the top two albums are pretty, they're pretty sought after. They're, those are like popular albums. I, so I bought them, but I just wasn't that into them. All right. I'll take um, your word for it. I'm not even going to look. I don't even want to touch them. We don't, <laughs> let's get, let's get back to our subject. Really? Today. You don't want to talk about Rush for another 45 minutes? I do. I two do. idiots. Uh, the, uh, I've been a little, I've been a little lax on the podcast lately with the subject matter. We did, we, Todd Barry and I did one and we were supposed to talk about patience. And I think we talked about it for like three minutes. We really got off on a bunch of, but in a way then you, you, you actually were on the topic because you both show that you don't have any. There you go. I like that sort of half-assed approach myself, Jimmy, where you just, you know, you, you sort of shoehorn anything in mm -hmm. and shove it into the. The round peg into the square hole and just make it work somehow. Square peg into the round hole. If you want to go that way, the yeah. round one was going to go nice and easily into the square. You don't need to be so judgmental. You know, we're all we're all using cliches today incorrectly, <laughs> stumbling, <laughs> mumbling them. We can't get them out. <laughs> now, here's my thing, and I actually asked this to Todd too. Todd Berry. Yeah, 
you're an easygoing guy, I'd say. Uh, now, well, this is my just impression of you. You're f- my impression of you uh, in the times that we've hung out. And, uh, you know, I sat on your podcast with you and it was like a two, three hour affair, right? No, maybe a hundred minutes. hundred minute affair. But it was a extended period of time. And the premise of your podcast is never not funny. It's always very jovial. It's always very fun, light, I'd say. Yeah, we've locked ourselves into not uh, talking about anything of substance. Well, but I I don't say it's not of substance, but my point is it's it's got a very positive vibe to it. I think it's it very, does. I mean, even when I'm uh, angry, I'm not. It, it, it's comedic. And that's not something you can fake is what I'm getting at. You, you, there's clearly a part of you who you are where you're an approachable guy. You know, you're a nice guy. You're an engaging guy. The second I met you... The first time I ever met you was when I came over. I was doing warm-up on Pete's show. Pete Holmes. Yeah, and they, they, they asked me to start doing warm-up when I was working there, and I came over to Conan with JP, and he said, why don't you watch Jimmy do it? And, you know, Jimmy's really good at it. That's the first time I met you. You were immediately, like, gave me, like, the fraternity treatment. Like, wow. it's nice to finally meet you. Uh, you know, we have mutual friends. This is great that you're working here. Here's a few tips. Like, you were just nice immediately. And then every time I saw you after that, you would give me a greeting as if I'd known you for 30 years. You know? Uh, and Don't so, you think there's something to us being a comedian? Go ahead, I interrupt you. Well, my point is, is that you're pretty, it seems like, you know, as we talk about this concept of simplicity, you're a pretty easygoing guy, at least publicly or socially, so I would say that that stems from a simple outlook on things, like not overcomplicating your life, not getting too wrapped up in the minutiae, just kind of saying, you know, you take the things as they come to you, you keep moving forward, and now is that not true? Well, I don't think it is. I think, it's, I think I'm that way when it comes to show business. I think I, I take things pretty easily. It's huge. Uh, which is weird considering, uh, although I go through my depressions, like even talked about it with Pete Holmes, like, when my Comedy Central pilot did not get picked up, it was like, oh, that's right. Hey, show business. You roll with it. Right. And then I'm sitting on my couch eating, you know, tubs of ice cream every night and going, why am I getting fat and eating ice cream? You're depressed because your show didn't get picked up, right. jackass. Right. Um, and then again with TBS, would, uh, but uh, um, what the hell's my point? But I, I get caught up in the minutia of everything else. Everything else drives me crazy. Everything else drives me nuts. Okay. Um, but I, when push come, push come shove, Joe. Right. I, 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 I do yearn, and I think this is why I do have such this, you know, rush to be an example or any '80s music or, or uh, like I, I even just bought a members-only jacket. Okay, like this, I'm going through like where anything that harkens back to the '80s when I was growing up, when you know, when I was in you know my late teens, early twenties, uh, of a simpler time. And I know I sound like an old man when I say that, but right. I really do like. You know, when the, the worst thing I could do is open the record store up at 10.05 instead of at 10 o'clock. Right. Because I was running late. Right. And, like, having that knot in your stomach of, oh, they're going to get mad at me that I didn't open the store on time. Right. And that was the biggest worry I had. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, now, you know, mortgage, child, wife, job, this job, this pilot, this meeting, you know, we're constantly hustling and bustling. Oh, listen, I say it. I say it all the time. Uh, I When I talk about college, I talk about it with such... Such wonderful nostalgia, and I and I, I, I mean, I love it so much. And people say you had that good of a time. I said college was the best time of my life, and people in comedy will say to me, 
but Joe, you're you're getting to do comedy in it. I go, it will net. It's great. I appreciate it. It will never compare to the fun of being a kid with no responsibilities. That, and that's what it comes down to. Like I did not have. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I didn't go to a traditional four year college. So to me, you know, I, I took two years off after high school, and I, where I managed record stores, and I hung out with this great group of people, guys and girls. And to me, that was my college. Those were my, and then, then I went to the academy. So like that four years of my life were different than college, but they still were the same four years of, Sure, I'm out of high school. I don't really have to do anything uh, yet. You do, you have to become an adult. Sure. But it was, like I said, simple and it was great. And you enjoyed yourself. And, and uh, yes, my wife always asks, says the same thing. You know, are those really, like, whenever I run into somebody from those days, uh, you know, we always reminisce. And then I was like, you know, I still think those are the best days of my life. Sure. And my wife, we, then we'll get in the car and she goes, do you really think that? I go, I do. Sure. There's something, and I, I'm going to go back to the word, simple about them. There was an innocence. There wasn't, and again, I know that somebody in the 90s and adults said this growing up about, you know, record players or, you know, cars with cup holders. You know, everything changes. Right. I'm not stupid. but uh, And I am being a cliche, you know, a 41-year-old man. But, uh, <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I miss those times where it was that that's all the way you, you I, I'm mumbling and repeating myself, but, but no, but it's, 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 listen, it's here's why I think now I'm sure again, every generation would say the same thing. Like, well, everybody thinks they're more justified in complaining about how much better it was 10 years ago than the last generation was. I really do think we are more justified. This is such, there was such an extreme shift and it happened so quickly. Yeah. Television, you know, uh, you can only compare the birth of the internet uh, to the to the birth of television or radio. That's it. And the birth of television and radio might have changed the way we were entertained as people in our but, homes. But not the way we lived, right? Exactly, yeah. Yes. The internet immediately changed the way we lived. And, I mean, when you really stop and think about it, I mean, overnight, overnight, people went from having a giant $5,000 stereo rack systems in their house to two tiny speakers that you plugged a tiny little thing into yeah. and it was just as capable or whatever. People overnight went from having to shop in stores for clothing or knickknacks or whatever they needed in their house to buying it on Amazon. People overnight went from having to go to a grocery store to having Fresh Direct deliver everything to their house. You know, stores started closing because MP3s meant you didn't need CDs anymore. And... Those, those stores went away. Uh, renting movies on iTunes meant you didn't have to go to the theater necessarily or to the Blockbuster, right. and that stuff started to close. It changed the way we lived, and it happened in well under 10 years. No question. So, uh, you know, it is... And it, also, too, uh, the, 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 the rapid progression of smartphones changed... The accessibility you had to a person and the and the accessibility that people had to you. So there was no more falling off the grid. There was no more I'm not answering my phone this week. There mm -hmm. was no more I didn't hear the message. 
it was it was over. It was it was eyes on you at all times, constantly everywhere. You're getting live tweeted on Twitter. You're you're getting recorded on your friend's phone. Uh, you know, you're you're being blogged about. You know, whatever it is, and and I don't just mean entertaining people in entertainment. I mean like us as people. You're being blogged about. People are talking about what you're doing in some way. You couldn't hide anything anymore, you know? Yeah. There was no way to sort of be anonymous. Uh, and so I think there is a true justifi- a truly justified reasoning for yearning for that yesteryear thing. And I actually think it's going to come back a little bit. How, but how could it? Well, for instance, this is a tiny thing, but vinyl... Vinyl is so big right now, right? Mm-hmm. Buying vinyl is so big right now. There are vinyl shops all over this city. But it's $32 a record. No, you no, 16.99. Where? Uh if you buy just the standard, like if you buy just the record of the record you want to buy, it's usually like 16 bucks. Uh, a new a new pressing of it. Yeah, if okay. you buy the 120 gram uh, I guess that's colored vinyl, those will be like 20 bucks. If it's a double album, it's probably 30. Hey, I'm okay with that. More money to the artist. More money to the artist. It's a lot of dough, though, to drop instead of $6 for a CD. Right, but but when you were buying CDs, 60, CDs were $17. They were 17 bucks. So You're there right. you go. You're right back in it again. You're right. And But albums were 6 bucks. Sure, sure, but you didn't want albums. You didn't give a shit about albums back then. Uh, no, no, you know, I, yes, you're right. So here's my point. I'm listening. Jimmy, let's not get caught up in the minutiae. If, if, if you will. Did I, I use I'm, that term correctly? I'm doing a deadpan to a camera that doesn't exist. Oh, you're doing a Jack Benny <laughs> yeah, to the audience? <laughs> <laughs> there should... So vinyl... Is, this is a simple example again. But simplicity, Jimmy. Uh, vinyl is, is making a huge comeback for two reasons. One, there are people out there that still want the experience of rummaging and and shopping and perusing and talking about the music in the store. There are people that still want that experience. Number two, you can't recreate the sound of vinyl. It has a unique sound to the medium. Uh, and I'd say number three, it serves a sort of decorative aesthetic purpose in your aesthetic purpose in your home. It's kind of cool when you somebody walks in and you got this like shelf of records mm-hmm. and the record player looks cool and it's like a cool looking device and all that stuff. So I think in ways like that, where what, what's happening now are people are finding things that can't be mimicked through the Internet and saying, okay, well, if you're not going to have a purpose to go out and buy these things anymore, well, then we'll, we'll get this stuff because this has its own unique sort of purpose and personality to it or whatever, and, and we'll go out and we'll get it. So you're seeing it with vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're seeing it again. Uh, with clothing, uh, with people, you know, buying boutique and stuff like that, where you kind of have to go in and buy somebody's line of clothing that they make or they design or whatever, and, you know, like a little but, less department store but buying. But who's doing that? Are you doing that? Well, I live over on the east side. I mean, that's all that's down there. When I, I lived in Brooklyn, that's all that there was. You couldn't buy big box clothing. Like, hmm. you just couldn't, you know? So I think, like... Uh, do I think the middle America is going to do that? No. Uh, do I think everybody in Los Angeles is going to do that? No. But I do think the people that want to do that and want to live a little more 
But you don't know, you coffee wanna... shops is a huge thing too. Coffee shops are bringing people together in a public place. But don't you want to take a sand blaster to those people? Don't you? I mean, who? The, the the people buying at the boutique and then talking about it at the coffee shop. Those are the, the... well. I'm not saying I'm not saying I want to be around people that are buying at the boutique and then you know indulgently talking about it at the coffee shop. I, w- I want to take a you know a guitar string to their necks. But what I <laughs> I mean, you might want to reel it back a little bit. No, I want to murder them. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, you know, uh, what's it called is down the road for me. Um, uh, I want to plug the guy. Now I can't remember the name of the goddamn store. Um, Apple? Yeah, it's the Apple store. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's actually the Microsoft store. Oh. It's a real grassroots mom so it's and real, pop kind of thing. Nobody's ever in there? <laughs> it's empty. You guys will you talk to you all in. day long. They'll let you bring your Apple computer in and just use their internet. Oh, that's nice really of them. Nice. Very convenient. <laughs> uh, uh, vacation records. Okay. Record store down the street. I went in there the other day. I had an awesome experience in there because I went in. I said to the guy, I'm looking for Minutemen double nickels on the dime on vinyl. Do you have it? He goes, I'm sorry, man. I don't think we have it. And then we're talking. and He goes, wait a second. And he walks in the back, comes out with a fresh pressing of it. He goes, shit, dude. I thought I had might have had one in the back. I do. Priced it fairly for me. Was like, I want to make sure I don't screw you here. Let's price this fairly. Looked it up on different websites and stuff. What should this sell for? Whatever. And then hands me, he goes, have you ever heard this? Hands me a copy of Ice-T's Greatest Hits. And I go, dude, I fucking love Ice-T. And I've been looking for Ice-T on vinyl. He goes, dude, I just bought a shitload of these. Uh, I got a great deal on them. He goes, I'll throw it in with the with the other vinyl for you, man. Take it. It's on the house. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. I swear to God, like want this I was gonna ask you if you had iced tea on vinyl. And we talked about music for like 25, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. He was playing me stuff. Did you have you ever heard this? Check this out, whatever. I got those two records. I was like, dude, I've been in here many times. I will be back. That's what I mean. If I can get that experience when I'm buying music. If I can get that experience, if I'm buying some clothing, if you can go in and say, man, remember the jackets that, you know, and they didn't have the patches and, mm-hmm. the, and the person will be like, I know, right? I know. You know what? Check this out. You might like this. That's what I'm talking about. You can't, that's what you can't get to me from the internet. You just can't. You can try to research on your own, but at the end of the day, you realize there's fake reviews. There are people selling shoddy merchandise and you don't know if it's going to work for you in the way you hope it will. You know, you're just looking at pictures. So if you seek out that sort of thing, you can find it. Just like if you seek out, like, you know, people complain about all the chain restaurants. Well, I agree. It sucks, and they are kind of taking over. But if you go into the right neighborhoods, you can eat inside somebody's dream. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is so cool to me. Like, you can go and find this little place that serves this really unique cuisine, even if it's, like, weird grilled cheeses. That's somebody's dream. Yeah. And you, and and they'll tell you, they'll walk you through the menu. They'll handhold you and mm-hmm. walk you through, and you eat something you never had before, and it's awesome. I've had grilled cheese. You've was, had grilled is cheese. Is that a bad example for me to, is that the wrong thing for me to latch on to? Uh, <laughs> you talked for six minutes straight, and I just went, but, but I've had grilled cheese. What do you mean? It's something <laughs> Did I've never I focus had? on the wrong part of that story? I missed, what? I, it was that. I also maybe got lost in the 97 dudes that were exchanged when you were with the record store guy. 
The dudes? A lot of dudes. Hey, dude. Have you heard this? Yeah, dude. Hey, dude. Uh, <laughs> hey, dude. A lot of dudes. Now, um, we, we're, we're 43 minutes into the podcast. I've asked you one question. And I don't even think I answered it. Uh, you're not Subdivisions. A, you did. You're it's not my a, favorite Rush song. <laughs> they opened with that. I saw them two years ago at the Barclays beep, Center. Beep, beep, yeah. That was the opener. I was potentially, possibly is the better word, drunker than I've ever been in my life. And as excited as I could be because I was about to see Rush. My friend is a manager at the Barclay. Oh. She brought us in. She gave us great deals on drinks, and we were fucking loaded. And then we went and watched Rush shit-faced on Jaeger shots. 1996, uh, I went to Styx's Grand Illusion uh, reunion tour. You don't want to keep that to yourself? No. <laughs> at the Universal <laughs> Amphitheater here, which is closed now. Uh-huh. Turned into the Gibson. Now it's going to be, I think, the maybe a Harry Potter world over at Universal. And a friend of mine, Paul Gilmartin, had a friend that worked backstage and got us backstage passes. And so we were able to have access to the open bar. And same deal. I It may be one of the drunkest I've been in my entire life seeing sticks at a concert. Did it make it better? Now, listen, you're hurtful. This judgmental... <laughs> Uh, they've got a lot of great songs. They got a lot of they got a lot of crap, like any band. All I know by Sticks, to be fair, and I'm being I'm just being a shit, but like all I know by Sticks is you know the Mr. Roboto, which is a dumb song, stuff. But fun when it comes on, but it was there. Sticks Sticks were more in the vein of a Yes or a Rush early on. They kind of were, they? yeah, yeah. And then what? And then it changed. Yeah, they got you know they got radio success, and then they moved away from it a little bit. I mean, yes to me is, I hate to knock the guys, but I mean, you go old, yes, and it's fantastic. I have never been more disappointed in the shift a band has gone through. You didn't like 902, 90125, rather. Well, I like Owner of a Lonely Heart. I don't know if I've ever heard the entire album. Oh, leave it. <laughs> is that a... That's on that album. Is that a good album? Uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart is phenomenal. Yeah, that's an and amazing then song. The drop off, it's it goes from ten to seven quickly, and then down from there. I mean, I've seen them. I see, I saw them recently on like in demand or something. There was like these these like yes concerts, like that you could watch, and it was there's just there was just no fire in them anymore. It's boring. Man. We saw them at the, I saw them at the Greek. My buddy Pat and I, Pat Francis, uh, who has a great podcast himself, Rock Solid. Uh-huh. Where he talks about music, uh, uh, not as much as we have actually. <laughs> um, he's he's there today talking about some about, about being simple. Yeah, and we saw Rush. It was actually uh, not Rush. I'm sorry. It was Yes and Sticks, and uh, Yes closed the show, and that was an error. Really? Because they're just boring. They're just boring. It feels like you're watching your dad and your uncle yeah. pick up the guitars at Christmas time and, and play and for the family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's. I hate saying that. And now they have a new singer, and yeah, they're saying like it's 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 like sort of back to the roots. No, and it's, it's not. It's, no, it's, it's, a, it's but I mean, you listen to like close to the edge or like the Yes album, Fragile, Fragile, I, Fragile. You know, like even it. Fragile, half of it is good, but it's got some really annoying. So tell the moon to tell the <laughs> tell the moon to tell. Horrible. Yeah, you're like, what's, what's happening? What's horrible? <laughs> <laughs> what's the one? Uh, 
What's the one? It's the double album that he's like, and the liner notes are all like where he's like, I wrote this album. We wrote this album in hotel rooms by candlelight. Oh, my God. No, really? I don't know. It's a very erotic breakdown of how this album was written. And uh, it almost sounds like a steamy sex novel. Yeah, yeah. They're like describing like the process they went through. Uh, But that's a good album, too. I can't remember the name of that. It's called like Lakes, Lakes of something. I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, Jimmy, go ahead. You got more questions? We got, we got, because I have more answers. Well, it's, you got to go because you, you, what time you, is it? It's 12.05. Well, I just have to get the large mod. So what, what, what I have th- no idea where that is. Where is that? Uh, what do you think of this? Uh, I like Mont, uh, Beverly and, uh, Vine, basically. Beverly I, and Vine. All right. Let's end by 10 after, I would say. All right. So seven more minutes. Five more minutes. Right? What time do you? I've got 12.03. Oh, you do. I've got 12.05 on the computer here. Yeah, but look at your iPhone. What do you got okay. on your iPhone? All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, now, here's the thing. I, you, I mean, if you're saying you're a guy that gets caught up in the minutiae, then I'm the same way. I can't get out of my own way half the time. Now, I've been better recently because I've been in therapy and I've been taking Prozac, which has helped me tremendously. Has it really? Tremendously. It has quelled the anxiety. Are you an anxious guy? Because I have terrible anxiety. I think on paper, I would say, yes, I am. And I've, I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday. I have been, you know, I've been th- going to therapy on and off for t- 20 years. Right. And minimum. And every time I say, you know what, maybe I need something. Maybe I need, and, and I've had numerous therapists and psychiatrists tell me, you don't need anything. And it's like, just, well, give me something. Give they me tell something. you you don't need anything. Yeah, they like they they analyze and they go, you know, you don't need any medication. You don't need your. Well, I I was put on it because I was like, I'm waking up every day with a stomach ache. Uh, I can't sleep through the night. My, I wake up at four a.m. and can't get back to sleep because my anxieties are spinning out of control. Uh, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on, and, and you're having no side effects from Prozac. To be honest. It kind of dampened my sexual urge a little bit, but I felt like in a good way. Mm. I felt like I was way too horny all the time, and I was like thinking about sex too much. And well, that you're a man, but also masturbating too much. I was just kind of like I don't want to feel like this all the time. And it was kind of getting in the way, like when I'd like date a girl, because like all I was thinking about is like how can we somehow go have sex mm. right now, you know? Um, and that starts to prevent you from, like, having, like, showing the girl, like, a good time. Right. Because you're just, oh, like... you're trying to get laid. You're just being like, hey, why don't I go back to my house? And, right. Uh, you know? So and, the Prozac uh, slowed that down. Prozac what, and, and the it, masturbation? Dude, I masturbate... I used to masturbate twice a day, once a day, twice a day. You still do? No. Oh, you used to? I'm once sorry. a week. Really? Once a week. And then it hits the ceiling. It hits the ceiling. Boom. I blind myself. Once I, a week. I save some of it, you know? In the, like a mason jar of some sort? Yeah, and I'll freeze it. Why waste it, you know? I wouldn't. See, you know what? That's, that's how you donate your sperm, right? That's exactly how you donate your sperm. You do it, you're at home. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I, I just, I just, you know, I don't need, I don't know. I, I, but I don't mind it. I was on Zoloft years ago, and I hated what it did to me sexually. Oh. Because what it did to me sexually was it made it very hard for me to maintain arousal. And then when I had an or it would, it would take 
so long to get to an orgasm. When you finally got there, it would be like your dick was going like, all right, fine. Yeah, close it up. You know, but like, that's not what this is. It just takes, it takes way more to get me into the sexual mindset, which I like. And suddenly now I'm kind of like understanding. I always had friends growing up where they'd be like, I can't have an orgasm unless I have sex. I'd be like, what are you talking about, man? If I just grind a girl, I could have an orgasm. You know, and they'd be like, what? You know, and now I'm starting to be like, oh, I think this is what it is. Like, you need, you should be mentally stimulated by the person you're sleeping with. Uh, and that, you know, draws you more into the situation and the experience. And then that, in turn, lets you get to your point of completion uh, in a more healthy uh, well, it's certainly healthier. You know, timely way, I guess. Yeah, well, what you don't seem convinced. You seem like you don't think it's healthy. No, no, I said it certainly is healthier. Right. But I think I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, just the... Uh, guy who's horny all the, the time? The baseness of a guy, a man who just wants to... I mean, that guy's an asshole, but <laughs> that doesn't ever want to know anybody intellectually. But I mean, if you meet a stranger and you, and you just want to fuck him, oh, of course, I'm not. I'm not knocking any of that. I'm not knocking any of that. Those moments will still happen, absolutely, and they're fun. I don't want you to stop that, and I certainly don't want you to stop the grinding. I don't. <laughs> Those are the two things I don't want to see you give up because you're on Prozac. I don't like the grinding anymore. Now it's it becomes to a point where it's painful. Well, I don't disagree with that. I mean, yeah. and, you're, and you're an adult, and yeah, uh, dry yeah. humping is uh, is out. But yeah, but but no, you're. You, I, I'm not saying I discredit. I'm not discounting any of those experiences. I think those experiences are still wonderful. But it's nice now to be in a place where if I want to get together with a girl, I actually. I'm not saying I never did in the past. It just took more. You know, it's easier now for me to go, let's just get together and like, and I kind of just like, it's okay. Let's like, let's take a walk. Let's. Yeah, let's go boutique shopping for clothes know? and then stop at the coffee shop and I'll tell you all my vinyl collection. Exactly. Yeah. That'll exactly. be a nice day out Instead for Instead of, why don't you come over and look at my vinyl collection? Come over. And what you're really saying is look at my balls. Look at my nuts. Right. I call them nuts. You go with nuts? Yeah. I call them grapes. Ugh. I call them my grapes. I don't know if I love that or want to, again, murder you. I don't. You do want to murder me. It's disgusting, Jimmy. It's disgusting. You know what I miss back when guys used to refer to uh, boobs as, like, gazongas? Remember that? <laughs> Look at the gazongas on that one. Yeah, I'm like, you know. That's fun. Those are fun words. Yeah, she's got a nice pair of mamoons. Like, it was, <laughs> it was like some ridiculous fucking yes. word. Um, so, but do you also get in your own way? Sure, about everything. Well, give me, give me a... I can't. <laughs> I can't. I just, right, I'll just enough. give you a grand blanket statement that I, that I get in my way. I overthink everything. Uh, you know, my partner, uh, my business partner, Matt Belknap, uh, on my podcast, we we joke about how we're the worst businessmen in the world because we, we literally will overthink a T-shirt design to the point of then I don't even want to fucking put out the T-shirt. Like, sure. Just, just put it out. Sure. People like it. Sure. But we'll go, but what about that? What about, what about the L? Uh, then we'll d- dwell about the L looking weird for six hours. Dwell so. about the L. Uh, uh, that'd be a good t-shirt. Dwell about the L. Dwell the L. That'd be a cool t-shirt. People be like, what does that mean? I guess I'm in Chicago because of the L, uh, the elevated train. There you go. Philly, too. Philly's got an L. Philadelphia. Yeah. You're big in Philly. Yeah. They love you there. You go to Helium. Big in Philly. They may, uh, people enjoy you. You talk about that Rocky statue. I talk about the Rocky statue. I, I go, hey, the Patsagenos, huh? 
<laughs> That's my opener. <laughs> then I'll close with Rocky. Right? You talk about the bell somewhere in the middle of that, that thing's cracked. Yeah, we, we can't even get a land, landmark that's not broken. Or whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah. Um, Jimmy, we got to wrap this up because yes. we got to go. Uh, plug something. Please. Can I apologize to your listeners for the fact that we never got on? We really, I mean, you you did. You went off. I went, it can only be described as a 45-minute diatribe about simplicity as I sat here uncomfortably and wondering how do I get out of this. <laughs> but other than that, I do want to apologize to your listeners that I, I don't think we tackled the topic. Um, never apologize to the to the audience. I want to apologize to you because you do a, a show where you, do, you have a topic yeah. and you like to talk about it. But we also like to have an umbrella topic where something is something as broad as simplicity is able to have a lot of stuff happening underneath it. Some can argue, Joe, that what you said makes this world more complicated and makes it easier, makes it simpler. Right. Staying at home and ordering your food and having it come is pretty damn simple. Right. But I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. You know what I really miss? And I thought about this the other day about, uh, about uh, is, and, and you're probably a guy that uh, liked this too. I used to love waiting in line for concert tickets. Yep. And now that's gone. And yes, it's easier and it's simpler. Right. To sit at my computer and at 10 o'clock, oh, they're on sale. Oh, I want two. Oh, I get to pick my seats. Yeah, there's no reward to it anymore. There's no reward. You know, I remember we, when we got tickets for the Beastie Boys and we were like, we got tickets. Like it was a huge thing. You had to you know, we did the do thing. You get there three hours early. You sleep you on the sleep, sidewalk. Yes, all that shit. I mean, it sucked, but it, it just it just made you appreciate the stuff more. Now you buy the tickets online. You're just like, oh god, oh, I don't give a shit if I go. I don't right. know, whatever, man. If I don't go, who cares? I'll see it next time, right, or I'll, buy, I'll, buy or I'll watch else. a concert for free on YouTube. The Palladia. Yeah. So anyway, folks, look, we're simple men that are also complicated that want a simple lifestyle in a complicated world. You figure it out. Jimmy, what's your plug? Leonard Skinner sang about it. Song called "Simple Man." Yeah, and then they went on to hate black people. Did uh, they? I don't know. They're racist, right? Are, I don't think so. I, I'm gonna, Are they? I don't know. For humor, I say it. Oh, for humor, you say. For it. humor, I say oh, it. For a joke, okay. I yeah. don't know. They I put that Confederate flag they behind them. Ah, they got that flag behind them. They dance around. They don't like the sub. They don't like Neil Young. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Just my podcast, NumberNotFunny.com, which basically you just heard an episode of. Yes. With you and I uh, rattling on and on about Rush. Uh, it comes out twice a week. Great. Uh, one for free over on the Earwolf uh, platform. And then uh, we have a subscription uh, episode as well. And uh, JimmyPardo.com. And uh, be hitting some clubs coming up uh, about one a month I go out. That's great. Check out Jimmy if you haven't for some reason. Uh, he's great. And, and listen to the podcast. It's fantastic. Uh, I forgot to do the ads. Uh, FlowersExpressToGo.com FlowersExpressToGo.com If you need flowers and you're in a jam You wake up on that anniversary You wake up on Valentine's Day Oh crap, I forgot to get the flowers FlowersExpressToGo.com can get you flowers Anywhere, anytime, anywhere in the world In under 30 minutes uh, Promo code DOWNPODCAST If you want to get a discount uh, Also, uh, do you like Candy Crush? Well then you'll love Candy Crazed Chaos free game that you can download on the iTunes store, the Amazon store, or the, uh, the, uh, the old Google store there. Uh, Candy Craze Chaos, just like uh, Candy Crush, if you like Candy Crush, but it's not. It's called Candy Craze Chaos, and there's no in-app purchases. So download that. It's free, for Christ's sakes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.